0: You're listening to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby Podcast. We're live each Monday night on YouTube, available for download every Wednesday morning and always online at earfulofdirt.com. Bringing you the latest news, views, and abuse, Earful of Dirt is the only podcast dedicated to Major League Rugby. Now, coming to you live from across the United States,
1: here's your hosts... And we're live. Welcome to Earful of Dirt, the Major League Rugby podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Aaron Castro coming to you from Mesa, Arizona. And this week, as always, I'm joined by the New York City twins, uh, Victor Perez and Dan Brown, uh, Josh, uh, content editor for Earful of Dirt.com in Denver, and Corey Munson. He's in the comments submit your questions we'll get to them in show not just at the end uh so how's everyone doing it's
2: good happy doing post great. easter
1: yeah.
2: yeah happy easter everyone easter monday
1: so um well um i screwed myself up this weekend. <laughs> Ooh, dude, oh, dude, what was that? <laughs> so, I mean, completely not rugby related. But uh, I decided to go on a we, – we decided to go on our hike, on a hike for our anniversary since we met three uh. years ago on Easter. And I uh. went like 90 degrees, like, thunk, and like she thought my wrist was broken. At, at first, I was like I, – I was wondering if my knees were messed up. Because I fell on some rocks, and uh, it sucks. Well, no, my knees are just bruised and swollen, so structurally everything works. It just, I don't know, eh. so, ouch! But um, big
2: knock yeah, in the so head. That, that was my weekend, there.
1: but there was a lot of there was a lot of rugby that was also going down. So
2: let's see yeah, there. that was fun, cool, fun stuff. Ouch. Yeah. happy post Easter to everyone.
1: Uh, yeah, was soon. <laughs> I'm actually.
2: Uh, I'm still upset because the the candy machine at my office is not working right now because um, I think it's it's a religious thing that they, every Easter they actually close for a week. I think it's actually for Passover where they they're the owners of it are religious, so they're not allowed to operate business during holiday season, but that also applies to vending machines. So now I actually happen to have cash in my pocket and I see the vending machine every time I come out of the bathroom and I can't get candy. And it's just the worst feeling in the world. I have no idea when this ends. So, yeah. Hashtag first world problems. Yeah, that's, that's my life. That's all I got going on. <laughs> that's all you hatched that. <laughs> first world problems, seriously.
1: I'm awful.
3: Dan's work. Dude, that, 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 the, the definition of first world problems is what just Dan just said. No, I'm that's gonna,
1: like, like second, second world,
3: man. You started
2: GoFundMe for oh, that.
4: second world.
2: <laughs> so, so Communism. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll anyway,
4: start a GoFundMe for all of our candy stash.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Here <laughs> went problems. Um, yeah. So yeah, other than uh, other than proper candy, proper
3: style problems. <laughs> nah. Yo, two or two problems definitely. <laughs> two <or> two nation. <laughs> seriously, three or two three or two uh,
2: problems. Not uh, So uh, I like that. Other than having, uh, having candy issues, we actually do have interesting things about us. So, Aaron, why don't you uh, go ahead and tell people who we are, because I'm sure some people might have some questions.
1: For those of you guys and ladies uh, new to the podcast, each Monday night, we discuss news, rumors. And, you know, I think we're going to have some abuse tonight from Major League Rugby, the United States Professional Rugby Union competition. You know, it's a chance to, you know, discuss the issues, hear from the league, some team leadership. And check in with our friends, you know, across the U.S. rugby scene. And um, if you love our podcasts, uh, please leave us a review. Um, Every five-star review uh, will get read out on the show. And the next five-star review gets some MLR merch, uh, courtesy of the league. They sent us some merch, so we are going to pay it forward. MLR hat for you. This week.
2: Yeah. uh, This week, we we got – Breaking records and hearts in Utah versus Glendale. Uh, Nola Gold was back on track after a win over Austin Elite. Uh, Rooney traveled up and did well against Boston. Another spoiler alert. Um, our picks of the week and our choices for the halfbacks for the 2019 Rugby World Cup. So, starting up, Aaron, what do you say from this uh, Utah match?
1: So, A, hey, Utah set a record and it Crushed the single match club rugby record that was set by Houston at the beginning of the preseason in preseason week one against the Saracens, which was 53 56, I think. Um, and well, Utah had 9,186 people attend the match and about, I think it was about 8,000 paid tickets. That's good. Um, and then, it's pretty good. If, if you watched the match, which was on Facebook Live and on Utah Warriors uh, TV on their YouTube channel, uh, it was a comprehensive, full-on production that you would see on ESPN. Um, like five cameras, uh, analysts. They had two guys that have called a bunch of. BYU stuff. Um, One of the guys I think is a BYU, was a BYU rugby player, and the other one was a BYU football player. But I have to say, uh, this was their first uh, live match, or at least it seemed it was the first live match for commentary. So um, get out there and, you know, I saw Grant Cole do this. So just go to practice when they're doing team run, just practice your commentary during that period of time. Just and, sit there and
2: talk to yourself and practice.
1: And uh, and record Fun. it on a tape recorder.
2: No? No? I don't think hmm? people have tape recorders anymore.
3: Yeah, they got phones. It's almost the same thing.
2: Pretty much. But yeah. So overall, it was it was awesome to see that they almost doubled the numbers from Houston, which I'm sure Houston is really looking to try and get back if they can somehow fit 9,300 people in their stadium coming up this year. Um, probably one of the best productions outside of Infinity Park stream that we were able to watch and also share um, overseas. So we, we got a lot of people from um, England, UK, Australia commenting on it and actually being able to, to see it. So I think they got a little bit excited for it too, though. Um, they agreed with everyone that Glendale was definitely – Way, way, way higher than uh, Utah was in this yeah. match.
1: So, um, getting into the match, like so early on, I thought Utah was gonna was gonna dominate. I thought their fit their fitness for like five minutes, <laughs> like five minutes.
2: You know, looked, like within like the first like two minutes, yeah, so. looked really it good.
1: Like um, Nichols, the scrum half, he's got ball speed out of the scrum, but his he's got wheels. Like he is fast, but that was. That was kind of it um, for them in, like, the first half. Uh, he, too bad he's capped for Zimbabwe sevens, though. Um, and then you had, uh, you know, Mika Cruz, 19-year-old, uh, to, you know, start that Glendale run of domination. Um, he's, he's got some footwork. He's got some speed. And, you know, we're seeing a lot of young guys in the MLR this year uh Josh Zamudio with San Diego, Kieran Farmer with um, Houston Sabercats. So they're finding the young talent already. And they're he's, the so
2: he's only 19, but he was actually one of the best players on the field that day, or at least the one that, that stood out the most to me. Know, Interesting.
1: We we had a question. It was like how is this kid not in the NFL? And so I did my research. And so he only played one season of football uh, at Pollard High School in Fresno. That was his senior year and he I couldn't find any other track resorts results uh, other than his freshman year and his freshman times like were really competitive. So he's got he's got speed and he can be very physical if he needs to be. So um, you know, there was questions about Glendale's front row fitness, but uh, for the most part, that's that's very much improved. And going into the second quarter, Utah's fitness just went into the ground. Uh, a lot of missed tackles. They couldn't keep up.
2: Yeah, I don't know what really happened out there. Because um, like we said, they st- they started off so well, and then it sort of just fell down from there. Um, there were a ton of arm tackles there were a ton of um, you know players on 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 their heels I don't know what it was but every single time they had like a one-on one you just saw the player kind of just fall over there was one time where the one of the players in Utah was I guess suspected of trying to um, trip one of the the, uh, the Glendale players but I don't think they actually ever anything actually came up from that um, the the defense lost its shape pretty quickly. Um, You'll notice that if you watch the match again, Glendale actually um, would either basically throw the ball out to the wings the second they saw that there were only three or four defenders or when Utah tried to adjust and they tried to make sure that they had um, a pretty decent line, they would end up leaving huge holes and Glendale would just go right through that. So I think every single time they scored was as a result of just a terrible defensive lapse.
1: I looked at the way they were playing defense, and early on, it, it sort of seemed that they were trying to pay a, play a blitz defense. But when your fitness is that
2: bad, yeah, no, what? <laughs> like, what happened with that? Because they, they showed so much like actual skill and actual talent.
1: I mean, I think and they're the going to have potential. a lot. Of, I think they're going to have a lot of fitness runs this week because uh, you know you look at the hallmarks of like New Zealand rugby. Right, is fitness and you know alf daniels that's true is you know he's a, a u20 coach down there and he's an all-black selector so this is you know this is a guy that's probably going to get their fitness where it needs to be in in short work but it was a little surprising
2: someone mentioned that utah is actually pretty high up is that true does anyone know the um, altitude there We'll do a quick Google search, but four thousand four hundred
1: fifty. So not it? it's it's not Denver, but yeah. for So Salt Lake City, they're playing out in Harriman. So Salt Lake City is forty two twenty six. So I think Harriman's a little less. But so the difference in altitude really isn't much to create a uh, a um, difference. Really, you, you know, Harriman's five thousand. Oh, so yeah, so it's even closer,
2: right? Um, so maybe that 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 might be part of the reason why some of the players are that shape, But they just moved out there recently; they're not used to the altitude yet.
4: Uh, and also, Utah doesn't have their first string, first fifteen out there.
1: Well, we we don't know if they don't have their first fifteen. Like David Tambalov's coming in. There's a few guys that I see I mean, a couple
2: of. We, stud we there, there's
1: 15. some guys we think that are going to start for them, but I think the. Even if Tamalao was out there today, he would have only been there a week, right? Um, he's got, what, another match before he gets released from uh, Narbonne?
4: What about all the Tongans?
2: Um, they have, um, I, I can't remember his name, but... Uh, they t-
1: yeah, those guys are there. They just weren't selected because it's a preseason match. I mean, it's Can not... I mean, you still... so. Things you see in practice, you also have to evaluate on the pitch. So, I mean, these guys are there, but... So, based off what you
4: said about Alf, about him being an all-black selector, it was like, he knows what to look for, so do you think he was getting times, or do you think he was looking for players that could fill out the game day roster? Uh,
1: I think that they have three, they have three preseason matches, right? So yeah. he needs to evaluate his whole roster. And so they're going to have, they have like 40 guys uh, total, including I think two, it's a, uh, you know, Tamil and somebody else, I forget the name that's not there yet. And uh, like, so you have like 40 guys on your roster and you're not, it's not like the NFL where you're going to cut a bunch of people. So you have only, with only three preseason fixtures, one of these preseason rosters is going to look completely different because you're going to change out the entire squad to get game tape evaluation. Um, that's probably one of the chief complaints with uh, okay. a league from, I guess the fan perspective, but it's really that there's only eight, that each team is only going to play eight games. So in a teams, um, you know, Glendale is, you know, working into form right now. They're about to, they're, they're about ready to peak, right? Cause they've played all those games together uh, in the fall. And, Houston, they're 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 getting ready to peak because they've played, you know, um, fifteen, yeah, fifteen games together. Um, whereas San Diego has two preseason matches. Um, so, so Seattle, guess, uh, Seattle is going to have one. They got it's it's happening. When we get the details, we'll push it out. But Seattle is going to have one preseason match. So uh, you know, and we'll get to some other things about Seattle later on in the show, but uh, you know, the, the teams that don't have fixtures just aren't going to look as good as the team that has 15, 18 fixtures before they play the game. So I, mean, I, it's a-
4: I guess that brings up the question with teams like Glendale and Houston, when you're scrimmaging them, is that a good look for you? Because they know what they have, whereas you don't.
1: Um, it's it's probably better for you to scrimmage against a team that know what knows what they're doing, versus a team another team that's trying to figure out what they're doing, per se.
4: Um, so Austin San Diego versus Glendale Utah.
1: Yeah, I I, I would say that the film that uh, that Utah can evaluate from is like, hey, this is the number one team, the prospective number one team in the league. This is how we did against them. This is where we need to be. Whereas, um, yes, a lot of Austin's guys have played together, but they hadn't played a fixture until they played San Diego. And San Diego's, uh, you know, their their entire roster hadn't, like, played regularly together other than the Eagles. So it's, it's really hard to judge, you know, first run out against each other. Um, whereas – now, so NOLA had played, you know, four matches before Austin has, you know, Austin's played. That was Austin's second match. So that was a good evaluation period for the most part for Austin, right? They're playing a team that has played four matches over six, seven weeks together. So there's decent data to collect there. Um, and I think what will be really telling, and we can get to that. When we talk about Austin, but uh, back to Utah, you know, so we could wrap this. Up. Victor, really? you're not talking, so come on.
3: Yeah, no, because I'm just waiting for all of you guys just to get things out, of, so I can I can take the reins. So I don't I don't really want to interrupt all of you guys. No, but um, but going into the match, uh, I definitely had a lot of fun watching uh, watching the game and it was probably because of the presentation, as I as, as mentioned, which was of professional quality. This looked like the big leagues, and I do hope this becomes a standard of Major League Rugby uh, moving forward. Even if it's not in year one, at least from year two onwards, uh, that's something that definitely I'm expecting. Now, even though they had over 9,000 people in attendance, by the way, that was a Dragon Ball reference. If you don't get that Dragon Ball Z reference, um, rather a Rio Tinto, it was sad that the home team unfortunately lost. But it is it a nature, nature of sport, of course. Now the score, which by the way we haven't mentioned, forty-two to fifteen, if, uh, to Glendale over the Raptor, uh, Glender over the Warriors. Excuse me. Um, obviously, C- Coach Daniels should be checking <laughs> what went wrong, of course, ahead of the se- their second match against the Arrows. So we'll see how that goes. The Ottawa Arrows.
2: The, oh, yes, thank uh,
3: you. The uh, Ottawa Arrows. I was livid whenever I heard that guy say, oh, they're going to be playing Ottawa next week. He said, dude, come on, bro. Ontario. Okay, both of them start with an O, so I'm going to let him slide with that. They're but both still,
2: Canadian. They're both the same.
3: Yeah, to, I mean, to him, it might, it might as well be the same thing. And by the way, I don't think Ontario has anyone from Ottawa in that team, at least that I know of. I don't uh, no, I don't think so. They may, may have more people from Quebec than they have from Ottawa.
2: We'll check on that.
1: It's very
2: mm-hmm. important. I, this is, um, I think, that the Ottawa match. Ottawa.
3: Ottawa. I don't know, right?
2: It's in my head now. Um, I think that the, the Ontario match is going to be a much better judge because, like we said, Glendale is already expected to be the favorite to win the entire thing. So, you know, no one who's actually really following this was really expecting Utah to come in and um, I guess really, really challenge Glendale. I thought there might have been because there's a lot of talent there, though. I didn't realize that um, Fetu Vanakolo, if I'm saying that right, who's the, the Tongan all-time leading try scorer, wasn't actually on the roster at all either. Um, I don't know if he's there, but he wasn't on the roster. So maybe like what you are saying, this was really a, a big test for them, and it was a test against an organized team as opposed to playing against a team that might be a bit sloppier where um, if that happens, you may, I guess, fall back on sort of like your athleticism rather than focusing on the fundamentals and the technique, because um, if you play a team that's not as good. You might be able to get away with certain things that you wouldn't be able to get away with against a team that's really polished. So I think that's, that's an important test for some of the younger players is, is to make sure that if like, when Glendale scores, they see what they did, they they know what their mistake was, and they can actually come back in and fill that in. Um, also, Glendale is the closest city to Utah, so I'm sure that played a big factor into them going out there.
3: Mm-hmm. That makes, that makes a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. The production, this, like, uh, you know, you know, if you read what's out there on social, the production really for Utah made this match more so. To be honest, it really wasn't. That good, even for Glendale, like they were, they they didn't play that well. Um, it was BYU TV. That's literally what it was.
2: <laughs> I, mean, I think you're talking no, about two different things. No,
1: I, I'm, so what I'm saying is like the the level of the production um, hid the quality, the lack of quality of the play, and you know we'll get into the um, production for. Uh, for Austin versus Nola, I mean, hats off to Gift because he did that, you know, gratuitously. Um, but uh, A, he needed to be paid. And Gift can run a multi-camera production, but he's not going to run a multi-camera production for free. And then you know in the I'm high thinking? school
2: field, it's a bit more difficult. Yeah. Like, they had, they had the, the camera angles just makes it look so much bigger, really. Like, whenever you see something from that angle – like, even if you're watching, like, Six Nations or something like that, you see the camera angle, and the field actually looks about twice the size of the pitch as it would, like, the NOLA game, because it was from, like, a high school bleacher, so you can only get so many angles. So it kind of looks like a high school football game, basically.
1: Yeah, and so there was there was a lot of other criticism, like, you can read about, and uh, that's out there, but we won't get into that. But, yeah. Utah was great. Uh, let's get into Austin. Um, so, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I really I whatever it whatever it was. It's not good. Good for good for New Orleans. Uh, I saw what I wanted to see uh, from them. They uh, they continued to raise their level, and Austin played very badly. Um, uh, so Nola was able to achieve scrum parity with, uh, and use their well-drilled attack. Uh, they just cruised 20 to zero, um, in the first half before, um, before Austin, did, before Austin did anything, um, in the first half, uh, two tr- we had two tries from Eric Howard, Vince Jobo and Cam Falcon. So that was in, that was before Austin scored. Uh, you know, um, so Cam, Cam Falcon at Tidehead, what do you guys think? Yeah,
2: it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> I actually <laughs> did it. I only watched part of the first half, but I more so had it on in the background. Um, because of Easter, obviously, my parents probably wouldn't be too happy if I just sat there watching rugby all day. Oh, well, my dad might actually, but <laughs> sorry, god no, no, um. So I didn't actually catch that, but I think, you know, I think Aaron, you're, you're trying to get to a point that you, you sort of like this guy playing. Well,
1: I mean, it's, it's not really my opinion is that when he was, he was going to get signed anyways, owner's kid, obviously. Right. But this guy has developed over time. He was a U 20. And I think he was a senior all American, um, went down to New Zealand, played high level club rugby during that period of time. Um, As both a hooker and a tighthead, and while they have a Canadian international hooker, and he Cam is a much bigger body, so they they're trying him at tighthead. And I listened to that a couple months ago because they they asked I was asked why everyone thinks that he's just a hooker when in reality the guy has played both hooker and tighthead since you know he was 14 years old. So.
4: I almost look at it as like a reverse uh, Mighty Joe, where his natural position is Hooker, but he can cover the props. Whereas Cam's natural position seems to be a tight head, but he can cover Hooker like he
3: did. By the way, guys, I just want to say that out of context, saying he's a natural Hooker instead of a natural tight head sounds really wrong. If you take that out of context. I just, I, wrong
2: too.
3: I'm just going just, I just to put that out there.
1: Yeah, but everyone who's listening to this podcast knows it's about rugby. Of
3: course, of oh, course, God. I know. But just out of context, if you don't know what they're uh, talking about, if you don't know the position, it sounds really weird. It's like, yo, it's an actual hooker?
1: Yeah. So, <laughs> they we don't go know
2: out. what we're talking about here. We don't know what we're talking about here.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, for for the most part, I think off like when they found themselves, Austin was better in spurts offensively. Like they they were actually running their attack. But they were completely outclassed. and then on defense, I, I want to say the tackle rate was 20%. I, I don't know if the intent was to get a win, but uh, they certainly didn't have a shot the way they played
4: Aaron, I know you I know you responded to this, but I was like, when Michael Reed came in, he that offense started working a little better.
1: Yeah, I, so the week before, I don't know what exactly they were working on. Their, their base offense is the one three two two, and I think they were trying to play super wide and also super fast. But every time those pods was hit, Michael, Michael Reed wasn't in the, in the area to make sure that he could get the ball out um, to the next pot. And when Nude O'Donnell played against San Diego, uh, it, the tempo was drastically different and faster. But this match it was the flip, you know, Nudo O'Donnell was the slower one, so i I don't know what they're working on there, uh, but there were it yeah, they got scrum half connection so, so
3: so so what we're saying, guys is that Michael Reed is the Sean Davies of Austin.
1: No. <laughs> if you so think what about I'm, it, what I'm like, saying like, is that like, like O'Donnell
3: is like, Osberger and then you get, get Rita Stevens no,
1: no, I, no. Um, what I'm saying is like so last week um, the tempo got way better when New O'Donnell came on and this week the tempo got way better when Michael Reed came on so I don't really know I I don't really know what the issue is there, but there is an issue. Um Scrum has need to they need need to move faster and they, you know, work need to work with uh Guillemon a lot better because it's going to be a connection issue that they that they're going to face very soon. Even though both of these guys have both played with, you know, Timothy a lot. So I I don't know. Um Dan.
2: Yeah, I was like i said i didn't I didn't watch too much into this match specifically, but i I kind of want to know what's going on in Austin because they were one of the first teams really announced and getting involved with mlr like a year or so ago. Um, they started some of the earlier recruitment um I think Peter Malcolm happened to be down there already, but they had Pete Malcolm Hanko Hammerscheis two young up and coming players um should we should we be concerned about Austin or do you think that they're gonna you know shape up a bit because you know they didn't play very well at all this week. The reports were they didn't play at all play well at all against San Diego either. And these are against two of the newer teams. I'm sorry, not two of the newer teams. Um two of the teams who haven't really been as successful against some of the others. I know San Diego actually is missing you know all the front rows and everything. So is is this an issue? We don't
1: we don't know if San Diego's missing all their front rows. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what hey, we are Seattle now.
4: stole them all.
1: We established that already. Yeah. Uh,
4: they have all
2: the front row. No one can have all the front row. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Austin's- but really, should should we be concerned about Austin? I had them up near the near close to the top in the beginning, but
4: well, they don't have their first choice front row because the past two games, we know Patty Ryan's been out. Aaron, he had
1: so, surgery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ryan is out, and he's he can start light work in three weeks. Right. Um, Peter Which Malcolm, I he's I don't know. I need to ask that question, but I'm guessing he's nursing an injury from the ARC. Yeah. Um,
2: even without those two, that's the, the starting hooker and, and tight head prop. Who said? I don't know. Tight head prop. Um, even without them, you know, should there's they still lost by you know, what 40 something. What was the score of this? 48, 17. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: So was, That's right. They're both
2: that. great players, but I mean, it sounds like they just, the, the entire team overall wasn't. Performing.
1: Yeah. It, it was a, it was, it wasn't just a scrum dominance. It was, I want to say that, I mean, the front row that they have now, I mean, is good enough. I mean, Mason Pedersen's an all American. Uh, Tim Fitzgerald uh, has played prop, you know, Entire life, right? Um, and he's from Australia with a different rugby culture than we got now. So they have a very solid front row. It was a team loss. Like There were so many things that were wrong. Um, and
4: I know we don't like to compare to pro, but I think this is kind of the perfect comparison. I'm going to take um, Utah, Seattle, or not don't uh, I'll take Utah out of that. I'll do Seattle, San Diego, and Austin are going to be some combination of Sacramento and San Francisco for the first weeks of the
2: league. Just the first few weeks you say.
4: So as the season goes on, they'll get better. But like we, we saw that these teams didn't play together that much. And as they played together against other people, they got better. It may not, it may, they, they may, they may lose all their games. But they won't get blown out by 31 points. I
1: I don't think it'll be that bad. And I think the difference here that Austin has, and an advantage that Austin has over most of the other teams is that they have a full staff. That one of the things that they have invested in, and you know, when you look at different, you know, money spending habits of these teams, they have, you know, their entire staffs foreign. I did the I did the. The work on that the other day. So Alan Yarde, French coach, uh you know, heralded accolades all over the place. Maybe that's um, the issue. Speaks then you, And then you've got, uh and then you got Pete. So he was a he was a French international team player uh, a long time ago, and then he you know coached a bunch of top fourteen and Pro two sides, you know, winning, um winning the top fourteen, getting to the, getting to the European final, and then you've got Pedro Waddingburg who is a Springbok, uh, you know, he can coach. And then you've got Peter Borlase, a New Zealander, who is a great scrum coach. So you've probably got um, two of the top assistants when it comes to scrum coaching in this country, if not period, uh, when it comes to assistant coaches. Um, I would say that the top scrum coaches in this country are probably Justin Fitzpatrick and um, Darren Morse. Uh, who coaches the Dallas Reds. And so then you've got then you look at uh, you know uh, CJ Dewett, um James DeLacy, like they they've got a they've got a full staff that, of guys that know rugby. So I think they're going to be fine, but I am concerned.
2: So, we'll find out. Yeah.
1: Moving I guess so I'll jump in. The, no, you can't. Okay. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. i not joking, Mike. Man, You're you guys just- are
3: so mean. no, That's no, no, good. Well, guys, first of all, finally, NOLA won a game over an MLR team. So that, that that's fun, especially during preseason. Again, 48-17 victory over the Elite that were anything but according to the comments that you just heard. But it's it's okay, I'm sure they'll, they'll bounce back. There's still time, of course, for them because they still have 19 days to do so. And so I'm not going to call demise for them just yet, especially for that coach's stat that we just went over. But again, as Dan said, um, Austin uh, was the first professional program ahead of MLR. So I was expecting something to the level of the Raptors, but I guess time will tell. So we'll see what happens with that.
2: Now we come away. Yeah. I wasn't I I had high hopes in the beginning, but I didn't think that they would be as good as the Raptors, because the Raptors
4: I, I thought they would be near that level. I didn't think they would be this bad.
2: That, I thought that's they would what be I mean, second or third yeah. yeah.
1: Well I think I mean so let's look at the turnover that Austin has had. They've added a bunch of young talent, a bunch of new guys to the to their mix, right? And then they you know the coaching staff is pretty much the same, but then you bring in a new head coach, so the system is different. Um, they were running, you know the you know the standard like South African Australian um, system of the one three three one under Lafayette. and now they're running, you know, a hybrid system called the like the one three two two, which is different and require it's a little bit more technical uh, when it comes to like shapes. Where I would say that the one three three one is very technical when it comes to like individual skills. Um, but it's just different, and I think the way they've been trying to play, which is really wide and really fast, didn't work against San Diego, and they were they played a little bit different when it came to establishing the ruck against New Orleans, but they didn't run their offense that well. So I don't know. I mean, we'll see. They've got. If they if they get destroyed at home this week, we'll have an idea. Do we know if that's being streamed or not? Um, or not. not? to my knowledge.
2: And they're playing at that uh, pretty nice field in uh, Round Rock, right? That yeah, they're so they're
1: playing they're playing up at the Round Rock Multipurpose Complex again. Um, so it's a I nice mean, place. Uh, I I, uh, I called a uh, called Frenchie up. I called Terry Dupont up and I, I said, so you moved to Round Rock for a couple of games for my, uh, you know, in-laws. And he said, oh yeah, yeah. Totally for you, Aaron. Totally for you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, doing some work at stadium ATX and they, you know, Round Rock multipurpose was ready to go for some exhibition matches. So.
2: Speaking of new fields, the, uh, Starfire in Tequila or Seattle, um, I actually saw a picture that the actual stadium tweeted, and they got brand-new turf fields. It looks really nice now. Um, it wasn't looking too nice before, and I heard not-so-fun things about the turf field, as in if you fell, I heard it really hurt. Um, so it was nice to see a really rolling out the green carpet for uh, for the Seawolves. Just yeah. three weeks away. So that, that
1: was mm-hmm. a little important. fun off so topic. Moving forward, uh, we had... Uh, the Rugby Uniteds against Roosters. the uh, the Mystic River Rugby Club. Um, did anyone catch that uh, Facebook live stream that was on uh, somebody's phone from Mystic River? Nope. Yep. Yeah. All right. Just making, just making sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, what do you guys think based on the Twitter action?
2: Oh, well, good for Boston! They didn't get blown out fifty nothing. I don't know Seriously. if the roster changed, but it was thirteen ten at the half. Um,
1: they scored first.
2: Oh, they scored first, really? Yeah, dropped. Yeah,
3: yeah. By um, Santiago Betran the. Oh, it was it dropped? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: It's uh, you don't see that too often.
3: Uh, no, I said the same thing. Yeah.
2: So that's that's really encouraging for for Boston they didn't get blown out. I mean, I have no idea who the players were. I don't think Rooney actually uh, released the roster. Maybe they switched up a bit, but you
1: know. It was, it was close, close the like so I want to say it was like 2024 20, or something or not 24 cuz that, that would not make sense, but it was close. There's yeah, an
2: extra player.
1: Yeah, it was it was close at the, you know, at the first half. Um in the second half is when you know Rooney found their legs and just shut it down for Boston. So, yeah. at least I have the first half. But uh, <laughs> the best part about this was like um, watching rugby wrap up. Uh, the owner, James Kennedy, was on um, and he like threw down the gauntlet. He's like, This team's amazing. There's going to be no foreign players that are going to be able to make it. Like, our roster is set. And I've never you seen know what? Him that excited before. I want the it's like I want the MLR All Stars. We're gonna beat them, and I was like, "What?" And then they go up to Boston. They go up to Boston. They go up to Harvard, actually, and they barely get past a depleted Mystic team.
2: <laughs> I've never seen him that excited before. He's usually a bit a bit calmer, um, and usually Matt McCarthy's the one who's a, a little bit more excitable. But he he was really. You know, he was really happy to, to see his team doing well. I mean, I'd be that happy if I came off a fifty nothing win, first game ever, sold out crowd. So, mm-hmm. but I don't own anything. Yeah, either, so,
3: yeah, he he was all smiles after the game. I tell you that he went. I saw him going over to several people in the crowd, shaking hands. In fact, as the game was going on, and and my, my wife Larissa, and I were eating, he approached us to say hi to me. And say, oh, say, oh, yeah, this is Mister Kennedy, and you know he Shook my wife's hand. It was it was yeah, very pleasant.
2: He grabbed a t-shirt cannon. He shot it into the stands. He did everything. Mm-hmm. I, don't that. That happened,
3: <laughs> I don't remember that. If that happened, I don't remember that because I didn't have a shirt. So I don't think that I don't think that happened. <laughs> no. I wish it did though. But anyways, guys, going into my points, I, I'm really glad that this game got a lot closer. 42-24 was the score. Now, when the Boston team enters a Major League Rugby, whenever that's going to be. We as New Yorkers, uh, I can't speak for New Jersey boy over here, um, are <laughs> expecting, obviously, strong competition uh, so both teams can push themselves. So it is my, my wish to see the New York-Boston uh, rivalry gets to a point that it goes to a grand final and, obviously, New York wins. And eventually there's that. Parade that we have down on Broadway that goes to City Hall where they get the keys of the city. So if we can get in the same level as other teams, that that have done that before,
2: if there was a a parade in the city for for Rugby United winning, I think most (laughs) people. Like how many people will be there? In all (laughs) honesty, I mean, they'd see a parade. Parades happen all the time, so they just jump in, but they. I think a lot of people might not understand what, what it's for. What's going on, exactly. Like if, a, if a cricket team won in some sort of league, there would not be many people who showed up.
1: Seriously.
3: Uh, <laughs> I completely agree. No, I mean, we no, would never happy with cricket. I mean, let's not even talk about the U.S. national team because it's sad. If you want to talk about cricket. sad national teams, the cricket team.
2: Wow. I was actually walking home the other day, and I thought I saw some kids playing baseball, but I looked over, and they were actually playing cricket. I've oh, never seen It wasn't
3: hurling. No, let me. I don't
2: ah, know what ahead. they were doing, but they had like hammers and they, and they were all hitting their bats. What I don't know what they call No, it, no, 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 no,
4: no, no, Okay. Did it did it look like a field hockey stick or did it look like a two by four?
2: Two by four. So uh, it was cricket.
3: Okay, so that thing that you were talking about that they were hammering, uh, Dan, that those they were hammering the wickets, which are the, those three sticks that you need to hit when you. When you um, when you bowl, this is not pitch; it's bowl. That sounds no, so weird. Don't scuff the ball, Victor. He exactly. was hitting
2: his 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 racket, whatever it's called. He wasn't hitting. It's the wickets.
3: a bat. It's, it's a bat. He was okay. hitting the wickets into the ground
2: because you exactly. need to,
3: you know, pitch. No, yeah. he, you was, to bowl he was hitting like
2: this. Everything like this, like up. It was not the. Th- oh, he wasn't to the ground. I
3: thought they were like putting the
2: wickets oh. on the ground.
3: Maybe they sense. were just
2: screwing up, but I saw like three or four kids doing that. It was kind of interesting. Mm. <laughs> but,
3: now.
4: Hey. You know, one yeah, thing, Victor. So with Boston and New York, when, if it becomes an MLR rivalry, the loser has to eat the other clam chowder.
2: Well, I like that. That's not really fair because Manhattan clam chowder kind of sucks.
1: <laughs> that's the point. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Moving on. Um, Ga- so we got game picks, gentlemen. Um, Sabercats at San Diego, Houston. New Orleans.
0: Let him finish. Let
1: him finish. <laughs> I was going to say, too. Yo, come down. New Orleans at Austin. Um, Arrows at Utah. And this one I completely forgot about. Glendale at Nyack.
3: Man, I wish I could make it.
1: I, can, um, I know I can't. So, uh, what do you got, Dan?
2: Um. Well, Glendale over Nyack. I think that's a given. 80 points?
1: Uh, 80 points?
2: Dang it. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh,
1: <laughs> I don't think so.
2: A, a lot more to Little. Um, Glendale over Nyack. Um, I'm going to say Utah over the Arrows. Um, I think they're going to fix up some of the things that they messed up last week. And hopefully that, that altitude messes up Ontario for their sake too. Because it's a, it's still in Rio Tinto. So that's going to be an exciting game for them too. Hopefully they can they can get over nine thousand people in it oh we lost Corey. um so there's Ontario there was that um Nola again over Austin I think they're still gonna beat them and then finally um Houston over it was Houston versus San Diego right I'm gonna say Houston who's up next
3: Victor. oh okay sorry <laughs> someone's okay sorry so So, Sabercats, definitely going going over over San Diego. Um, If I was to put point difference, um, let's say Sabercats over Fig Team, let's say. By the way, make sure to mark this, because we're going to do a game, see who gets the closest. Fig Team, I say. Then Nola Austin. Now, this one is a little closer. I'm going to go for Nola over this one, even though they're... They're, um, they're away. This one, I'm going to give it a little closer. Let's say this one over 10. Eh, Tornola. Utah. I'll go Utah on that one. Let's see. This one, I say probably Utah over 5. I, I, I want to say that one will be a little closer. I find Glendale, Nyack. That one, I want to see. I want to say, let's see, Raptors over 10 over Nyack. I think I Nyack has been playing well. So, I'm going to say
2: Raptors over 30, though. I didn't say the score line. Over 30? No, I mean, it could be. It could, it could happen.
1: But I'll, you, I'll put it a little closer. See, did you see the old the scores against Old Blue? where they that broke is true. Old did Blue?
3: Destroy them. That is true.
1: That is true. A lot of guys That
3: is true.
2: That is true. what
3: are... I'm thinking... No, give me a second. What I'm thinking is that Nike is going to get the Rooney boys back and they're going to have that same type of play they had against the Sabercats. So, yeah,
1: but like most of those Rooney boys were on the SaberCats, uh, were at the SaberCats game, so it's not.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, you just bring the The only one that's going to be missing, obviously, is Harry Bennett because of the injury. But yeah,
1: so it's going um, to be pretty
3: much the same.
1: same. Josh, what do you got?
4: Houston, I'll uh, say by twenty. Give me Nola by fifteen. I'm going to pick Ontario by five, and Glendale by twenty-five.
2: Well, it's nice um, to see someone had a, a slightly different opinion. So I think word.
1: so. I'm going to take uh, SaberCats. I think it's going to be bad. Uh, we're going to say 25 to 30. Uh, New Orleans. I think it's going to be better. So New Orleans. Let's say 18. Better um, is 18. Be, better for Austin. Not better. I think New Or. I I think New Orleans is still going to score a lot. Yeah. Uh, And then um, I'm going to say Arrows by 10 um, because, you know, the way they played the Sabercats, they just – I don't think they ran their best side out against, uh, you know, Rooney. I think they saved it for when Rooney um, comes up to uh, Ontario. And then Glendale at Nyack, 45. 45 point difference.
2: There we go.
1: All right. Um, to continue our series for thirty tickets to Japan, we're focusing on the halfbacks this week. So, for scrum halves, I've I'm rating Sean Davies number one, Ruben de Haas um, as the number two, uh, Holden Youngert as the three, as my top three, and then we've had. A lot of Augsburger um, of late, but I, I think I'm going to throw him in with the wings because I just don't, I just don't see him being that effective here.
2: Is this um, is this your pick, like who you or who you personally so think who, is better, so or who do you think will actually end up going?
1: Uh, Sean Davies and Ruben De Haas.
2: For what I asked a yes or for scrum Okay, that's who you, that's who you think is actually going to go, or that's who you would like to see going.
1: Well. i think that's who's going and that's who i'm going to pick who i would pick
2: okay then then yes then both okay i think agreeing with you that that i think nate shouldn't be playing scrum half um but i think he will but otherwise i can see that sean davies obviously i would agree with that um and i do want to see more from ruben i'd like to see him go um but I do think that Augsburger will end up getting the nod probably as the starter unless things change over the next year and a half. He is going to be scrum half as far as I'm concerned for San Diego. So that's just more reason for, for Gary to pick him.
3: Okay, I guess that's me. But for the, for the noise, <laughs> the lack of noise. Now, nah, guys. But anyways. Silence is a mine. Yeah, exactly. Right? But the, the, the noise of silence. <laughs> now, nah, but in any case, so... Square halves. I got um Sean Davis, uh, Nay Osberger because you know he's going to be there. Uh, I'm sorry, Aaron. I just saw. He- I-, I just saw your face. <laughs> and Red Haas as well. Fly halves. Sweet Holy, um Aj McGinty, and I think Benjamin Sima. C- and you could probably put one of those three guys into a twelve position. Probably, definitely work. Maybe one of them playing as center. If anyone plays center, I think might be a- Aj. I think it's more. Probably into more into the contact in comparison to the two, at least in my opinion.
1: So, I, I guess we're jumping, you know, straight into fly halves. But um, so I've got um, I've got Sema on my on my thirty, but not here. Um, just the way he's been playing. Um, so for fly halves, I think the the, the pure starter is AJ McGinty.
2: You can't really challenge that.
1: That's I mean, he's not playing twelve. The the one time he is the only fly half that plays for us that is a starter in the premiership. So And has right? the and has the best record historically. Oh yeah. Kicking and, wise. And, kicking wise. And he's crushing it right now, like off an injury. This like the last two weeks have been eesh, you know? Yeah, he's not he's
2: not just a guy who plays for us who happens to start for a team. He's a guy who plays for us at a very desirable desirable position and also happens to be performing very well in one of the top competitions.
1: Best or second best fly half in the premiership this year. So I, I think that he's not playing inside center. That's just not gonna happen. It's yeah, dropped. Um there, we know. there the, we know. Well, the one time Mitchell did that, we played like Dog shit!
4: Can you do it against Ireland? No,
3: no, no I don't. No, think he, no, that. no, he played. No, he played flat half against Ireland. It
1: was, it was another. I forget. It was, I for, I remember watching this, and it was bad. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, Romania.
1: But um, so I'm, I'm a Will McGee guy, partially because I haven't seen, I, have seen Will Hooley twice, and he played thirty minutes, so he can, he's got a boot. Uh, he's extremely accurate He's I want to say he he's a little bit so AJ is actually a big guy but uh, he, he looks small if if that makes any sense makes will me. McGee uh, of course it makes sense. He, <laughs> when I look at him he looks like he's 510 and not six foot 200 pounds like six foot like maybe 170 deceptively big deceptive deceptively big. And then, uh, you know, Will McGee. I'm, I'm a big Will McGee guy. Will Hooley, I think, is on the squad. Uh, but right now, I think it's AJ and Will at the fly half position. Will Hooley is, you know, solidly number three for me um, if we're ranking guys. Um, so who, who goes? Uh, if, if we're picking – depends on how where he picks. So if we're picking three – I think it's, you know, AJ, Will, and and both Wills are going, period. Because I think Will choose more fly halves versus scrum halves for some reason.
4: Yeah, fun, I think fun, funny enough, Will Julia weighs less than AJ McGinty
3: does.
1: You're kidding
3: That's me. He No, like, no, isn't. He's right.
1: He looks like he looks <laughs> bigger in person.
4: You said it.
2: Oops. Is
4: he taller? I mean, Same no, height. they're both 6'1. <laughs> No. That's intense. No, no, no. Um, no it's Will, Will, Will Hooley was. Will Hooley is six one. Um, six one, set, and according to Bedford Blues, he's eighty nine kilograms,
3: which is a hundred and eighty something. I want to say like 96 One hundred ninety stones six pounds. Ninety six. Twelve stone. What is
4: that? Thirteen stone something. Yeah, 13, so that that far off, I, guess actually, it, I guess
1: it sort of like changes up, you know, the idea I had. You know, the five eighths concept of throwing a, throwing a, uh, throwing a fly half back there, um, at the twelve spot. Mm-hmm. But uh, well, who, like of of the three, <laughs> of those three, Hooli would be the one that I would put at center. Uh,
2: I don't know. I think we'll we'll talk about this. Next we'll week. talk
1: about Senators next week. But it next looks week, a lot. Of- so, it's, okay. So, we're taking, say we take two. Who are you taking, Dan? Just two? Yeah, just two.
2: Um, it is tough because we haven't seen enough of Hooli unless you actually watch Bedford Blues. Um, I think that what we're, I, I currently have actually Hooli placed above McGee just because I think that by the time that the World Cup comes around, I think Hooley will end up being higher up. Um, right now, I'd pick McGee just based off of famili- familiarity, but I think I, I've I've really liked a lot from what I saw. Um, yeah, in I,
1: I mean, this Will Hooley is accolades. He was in England under 20, yeah. so if he plays like he should, uh, he's going to pass Will McGee. Like. Yeah. No matter how much I, I, you know, like Will Will's my guy. Will McGee's my guy.
4: Yeah,
1: but it's, if he if he plays to potential, he's going to pass Will McGee. That's a fact.
4: Just, yeah. just, just for clarification, it's literally a kilogram difference.
1: Mm. Will Hooley Will eighty nine. AJ McGuinty is ninety. Oh, well. what's, what's okay. the difference? Soaking uh... wet. AJ might be ninety. But on a normal day, I bet you he's 85 kilos, maybe even less. What do you think the
2: difference is in stones though? Can you, can you do that?
1: <laughs> Hold on. <laughs>
3: I'll get you. Give me a minute. <laughs> it's going to give you the conversion and everything. 0.5 stone. Right.
4: kilogram to stone. 89 yeah. kilograms is 14.01. 90 is 14.17. All right. Wow.
2: How much um, 0.15 stone difference? That's that's the difference maker right there. I, I don't know. I think just just cut him right there, just based on that.
3: <laughs> okay, so uh, my two. Um, I'll go uh, definitely Adrian McGinty, Will Holy. I think if I had to pick up to to fly halves, I mean, for as much as I love uh, Benjamin Seema and I made it, I think very clear on the podcast that I love Benjamin, but you know, he's one of my guys, one of my Hispanic brothers. But um, but in terms of just pure um, ability and experience. Yeah, AJ will. A holy, that is. I mean, I, also I love Maggie, but between those two guys, I think.
2: Yeah. Um, so, Seema plays a lot of fullback. Fullback, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes, that is
1: true. Mm-hmm. Most yeah, of the time, enough. most of the time he's played with uh, the Eagles. He play, He's started at fifteen.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, over um, over Ma- Ma- uh, Mike Tail. who usually move him on to the right wing mostly.
1: So, um, that's what that's what I got there. So, moving on. Dan tweet of the week.
2: Tweet of the week is from our enemy to the north, Josh Smith, the the head coach of uh, Mystic River, posted a picture after the game of um, Mike Petri and two of his kids and his little tweet was thanks to Eagles legend and R for rugby author, Mike Petri for spending a few minutes with my kids post match hashtag third cup hashtag class. And it was actually a picture of Mike Petri with his two kids and the book R is for rugby, um, which is really great to see. Cause obviously th- there's, this is all friendly matches. So there's not that huge Boston, New York city rivalry and there. Even if there was, it wouldn't exist for a couple of years, but it's just great to see that you know one of the players from New York is taking pictures with the kids of the opposing coach, and not you know fighting the opposing coach. So that's what I love about rugby.
1: So, yeah, Josh, turning topics. Well, we got four
4: of them this week. We got Tony Rittnell tearing it up on Twitter. We got Utah's match attendance almost ninety two hundred. We got we got 100 subscribers on YouTube, so thank you all for subscribing. Ray, yay! Woo-hoo. And then we got a question from the UK MLR group. What's you, what's your rugby story?
2: What is your rugby story, guys? It looks like we have a couple stories. Wow, that's actually a lot of stories. We post all this. Um, Corey, <coughs> <laughs> <it> was- <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let's just let's just hit the hit the one that's like nails.
3: <laughs> Which one? So, oh, you, you, Peter's mom. Peter's mom. <laughs> Who wants to read that one?
1: So, Jill, so Mama Malcolm at Rugby Queen Mom fell for a hot second row in college, gave birth to an Eagle, <laughs> number 505.
2: It's a good one. There you go. <laughs> yeah, this. There were a lot of people actually responded to that. So it was interesting seeing some people. Um, we had, I think only two of us actually responded to that one with a, a bit of a story it was Victor and Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our other friends, um, Angie Rugger, who is Nick. Is Nick Henry. Name? Nick Henry. Yeah. who's our friend uh, originally from Houston, but moved over to, uh, to NOLA or I'm sorry for Baton Rouge, but he's a NOLA fan. Um, so lots of, lots of fun stories in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're fun. That's all I got to say about that.
1: Um, so rugby isn't the number one sport in the U.S. yet, wink. But looking forward to the stories at USMLR. So, we
2: didn't hear their story. Uh, it's disappointing.
1: Yeah. So, um, moving on to news, news and abuse. Um, Dan, what's the first one up.
2: First one up. This is, I guess, technically old news, but it's ESPN Plus officially announced what they actually are. Um, so we, we knew that M L R would be on ESPN. Some people weren't sure if it was ESPN Plus or ESPN Three or something like that. But because of the press release, it was actually announced that yeah, M um, L R will be on ESPN Plus, which would be four ninety nine a month. Um, they'll carry the non game of the week mlr matches, and um they had a whole listing of all the, you know at least a, a bunch of different sports they had, so like baseball, basketball foo- I footballs even on there. hockeys on there. um it said rugby and cricket, of course it it just put them both into one giant paragraph. um so it would have super rugby, it would have um Sanzar, you know the rugby championship, um sevens matches, but then it also specifically made sure to say that. 18 of uh, the matches from Major League Rugby which is the new US professional competition so it didn't just say major League Rugby and assume people know exactly what that is and just leave it at that it made sure to actually say what the hell this is so we might get you know at least a couple fans from the press release alone who may have no idea that they're showing rugby
4: I will say this um, for ESPN plus. You're a sports junkie like myself. It's honestly, it's perfect. I'm gonna take my rim, my Rugby Channel subscription, and switch it over to ESPN Plus.
1: <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, again, it's probably gonna be one of those times where the American rugby public are gonna bitch and moan. And the reality is, is so ESPN isn't putting your rugby behind a paywall. Um, they're doing something that I thought should have been done a long time ago. Which was have an all la card subscription for five dollars. And you know what? <laughs> they, they have an all la card subscription for five bucks?
2: I'm pretty and- sure that that what's his name? Um, Iger or something like that it was just sitting there on the Strobo's Twitter page, Twitter feed from three or four years ago, just looking for good ideas, and he found this one. <laughs> and, and I think there and I think there is a
4: difference between what. ESPN is doing here and what NBC Sports did with the Premier League yeah. stuff.
1: So, I would oh. so what? so NBC Sports Gold is extremely limited. You get, next year, you're going to get a lot for 60 bucks, mm-hmm. and it stays at $60, whereas but, here, uh, so, you're going to get then, way more than rugby. Like, yeah. yeah. Like rugby is a minuscule part of the offering that you're going to get for $5 a month.
4: And then, as far as I know, Dan, you can correct me if I'm wrong, since you have not um, NBC Sports Gold—you have to pay by the sport.
2: Yeah, correct? It's, yeah, you can't. You just get gold, and that includes EPL. It's two completely different. Yeah. Subscriptions.
1: It's all by. So what, it's it's all a cart. They don't even have an all-encompassing subscription.
2: Yeah, that, that would be nice if they did and make it like 80 bucks or something like that. The NBC Sports Gold for rugby is actually more expensive than for the EPL. And they paid a lot more money for the EPL, but also a lot more
4: people. More people are going to watch it. Yeah.
2: So this is, I guess, a bit different in that sense. It is a completely separate thing, five bucks a month. You get all these sports, but rugby is included in that. Whereas NBC, it has the channel, and many people have the channel, but it shows the games mostly on delay, and I don't think you're allowed to actually watch on replay, which is regular NBC Sports Network. Um, um, but you can with... I don't think replay, but you can watch it live if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah. Um, I
2: don't know exactly how it works because I got gold. Because it, it is yeah. still worth it. It's its not a bad deal at all. It's its Premiership. It's now Champions Cup. Um, with the, Way
1: better than what I used to have to pay to get rugby. <laughs> yeah, you that.
2: And then they never showed it.
1: Yeah, which made it worse. Yeah, <laughs> insult to injury. So we're actually and,
2: we're getting to the point where all we need is really Pro 14 and Top 14, and we have all the the top rugby for the most part on.
4: Well, hey, once once the rugby channel goes down the drain, they're up for grabs.
2: Ooh, yeah, if point. ESPN or NBC, either one. Though at this point, I think ESPN or Fox or even Fox if they want to. If anyone like anyone, grabs it, like I don't care about the rugby channel. If the rugby channel is there, that's great, but I want the Eagles matches to actually be on a known network like ESPN or NBC. I mean, ESPN already broadcasts the streams for the ARC matches, but you don't get to watch them on ESPN until the day after.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. so there's a lot right there. So. Good stuff. Um, Corey, you have something to input on that one. Where's he at?
3: Give it a moment. Takes a
0: minute. Takes, no, a minute. takes um, a minute for the camera to warm up. I – oh, yeah. I guess – sorry. Just look at the script there. Takes for the break. Yeah, I didn't necessarily need to say it myself, but I'm happy to. So I did go ahead and uh, send out some messages this week. One of the big things uh, over on our Reddit page, as well as just uh, questions from Bob and stuff that we've gotten recently, is what is MLR doing for the international viewers? And so one of my goals for this week uh, is to try to figure that out. Uh, Now that ESPN has formally announced, I think it's a good time three weeks out to you know, get, get that nailed down. So I've sent out a bunch of emails uh, this morning and uh, afternoon. I've already talked to uh, some folks up at MLR to get some ideas of who else to need to talk to. It takes some time to connect with people, but uh, hoping to have some answers. And when we when I do, uh, it will go up on the website, earfullofdirt.com, and uh, we'll push it out from there. So uh, hopefully by the end of this week, we will know for all of our friends in the U.K. and beyond how you're going to watch, be able to watch MLR this season. Uh, and I sure hope there's an option for you.
2: So there should be Corey asking the tough questions out here for
0: us. So all, the, all us sinners out here.
1: So this one hit the board. Um, and so if, if you guys peruse Reddit, I get, um, we got, I, I would say we got the scoop on this. Uh, um, we wanted to let the story develop before we said anything, and well, um, the story is still developing. But uh, you know, it got out um, before we could continue to gather information. So we have reached out to Seattle. Um, you know, we've talked to the people you probably know. Who I'm gonna like I've I've spoken with. So I'm I'm just not gonna you know go out there and say I spoke with this person, but. You know, so they do have a coaching issue right now. Uh, wh- I took some heat on this. So did our fray Brian Ray uh, for, you know, just stating the reality. Um, because what the poster who posted the topic said, it was something else. And it's really not. Uh, fact of the matter is, uh, Tony Healy's work visa was not approved. Uh, currently... on. Un- Know that he is going to appeal the decision, but uh, currently Seattle does have a plan in place and we will report accordingly as that develops. So, yeah. it's not much
2: to really say in it there. Um, we'll have to wait and see what happens next. He should, but I mean, hopefully, I don't know, we'll be praying.
1: Um, Corey, it's yes, your sir. time to shine.
0: Absolutely. So we got uh, questions from Bob, and holy cow, guys, uh, thank you, Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash ml rugby, because you guys really stepped up. We got some great questions this week. So let's just get right into them. Sam03 wants to know, uh, do you think the Legion will pick up some PRP players uh, for the regular season?
1: Um, well, they... Do have some on-back players on their roster. Uh, Belmont has some good players. Uh, but there's a on-back has this tight head, Jed Gillespie. He's from Australia. I want to say, based on what I'm watching, he is the top tight head in the competition right now. Uh, to my knowledge, he's going back to Australia as soon as the club season is over. But uh, he would be the guy. I would target based on their front row issues right now. Um, then there's also Brendan Daly uh, at Golden Gate, who uh, you know, is playing at six instead of at four. Um, actually, Golden Gate has four, three Cal locks. I think it's forget who the other guys are, but Cal breeds Cal finds the bodies to make locks, and they've got three. Cal Locks at San Francisco Golden Gate that can all play. Uh, Brandon Daly just happens to be a capped eagle that needs the MLR contract. Uh Hula Hollow Mongoloa is playing number, f- number four lock for Life West. Don't really know what's up with that. Um, then Sam McGuffey um, is playing with Life West too. Um, but that's those are the guys I've really scouted. Uh Kenny Nazakek, the number eight for uh, for Belmont is one of those guys. And then Ty Tui Samoa is uh, a lock slash eight man for uh on back. but I I think he works for NASA. I don't think he has that kind of time.
0: He's a rocket scientist slash rugger.
1: So
3: plays
0: on the Google Rugby.
3: <laughs> there you go. We'll go
0: Anybody else have any uh, other thoughts on the PRP to Legion connection?
3: Yeah, That's nice. all, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, most of those PRP guys will definitely play for the Legion. I'd be surprised if they don't.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, next up is Liam rugger and for those who don't know, he's our intern. Uh, <laughs> Utah. Uh, Utah's pace fell off the fell off a cliff in the second half of the game this weekend it especially drove me crazy to see how little support their runners had while guys were lightly jogging behind them but if they get better condition conditioning wise as well as develop more chemistry just how good could this team be
3: very good i I want to say that the same Very, very good
1: they're loaded like when it, when it comes to just raw, like t- athletic talent, they're loaded. Uh, you know, the kind of talent they got on this team is, you know, Paul Wasike. He was in the NFL first season, he actually did all right. Um, you know, just making it for a whole season in the NFL is extremely tough, especially right? a at fullback, at, at a dying position, right? Um, Lance Williams um, another football who, convert another football convert he
2: was the leading uh, tackler at Hawaii as a <laughs> linebacker
1: so that's that's the kind of you know athletic talent on this team right so if they get their conditioning down they get their systems right their sky is the limit type of team really
2: um <laughs> The thing with that, too, is that um, that was actually something that the commentator, um, not Jerem, who's the main one, like the play-by-play, the play, but the color commentator actually mentioned in the beginning that um, he thought Utah would do really well when they were in space, which is how they scored their first try. It was basically, you know, pass, 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 try. Um, so he thought they were going to play really well, but then, you know, probably early second half um, he came back to me because, you know, what I said this earlier in the game, but now I'm watching this and, and these guys are by themselves when they get the ball and they're in their in open field. So, you know, maybe I had to take that back, but that probably has a lot to do with conditioning because you saw players weren't running up um, as Liam said, they were jogging behind them. Um, but also when they were going into their defense, they were essentially like slowly getting out from a tackle and walking to the line.
4: And um, to me, to me, it seemed like outside of three or four players, it looked like they fielded a team of props.
2: Yeah, and that was the thing with with one of their props. Um, oh crap, what was his name? We we just Aaron actually just interviewed him the other day. Tucci,
1: yeah. Angus or Tucci?
2: Tucci. No, Tucci. He played really well, and he he's really big for uh, for a prop. I mean, pro- big in a, in a tall way. Uh, t- like six,
1: tucci's six? like six two, six three. He's a. Oh, that's he's yeah, he's not. That he looks.
2: Big. He's the kind of guy who's actually, I guess, deceptively small. He looks like he's much bigger than he.
1: <laughs> he, he
4: played eight at CSU. I yeah. mean, he he was so he
1: he was a defensive lineman, and yeah. he was a lot bigger at uh CSU. So huh. I mean, this is a guy who was in a like Division one program, high performance football pool place for three years and then went to a division two program and just packed on you know the weight and the muscle and then you know started cutting down for rugby and he's now just i would say the way he's built is like a southern like the way they build southern hemisphere props really really lean like
2: Which probably so, works in a bit with their, their style of play then. Yeah.
1: Like his fitness his his fitness was pretty good. Like he was able to get some good breaks when he had the ball. Oh, yeah. Uh but to uh bring down. overall, yeah, they this they need to go do some cross country this week.
0: Yeah. I uh yeah, I <laughs> there's just a lot to unpack with that
2: that match. So uh we'll just move on. Uh so <laughs> sorry. I mean that means I don't have anything to say but I want to act like I have something important to say. So let's move on to that.
0: Okay, topic. so if you if you want to call me out, the legit answer is I had something to say, Aaron talked so damn long that I forgot what I was going to say, then I started trying to talk it out and couldn't find it again. So Uh Wait, write
1: it do do yourself a favor. Write,
0: write it, it, down. it down. Yep. That's the reasonable response. I've never been particularly reasonable. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. So Cardiff RCM. Uh, He's like, check out Tony Ridnell's blog. Uh, He strongly asserts that the Lions, Chicago Lions are going to join in year two. Uh, Do you guys have any Intel on that?
1: So do we have any Intel on that? Um, I did send a DM their way today. (laughs) I mean, mean, so what is it? Um, So, Dan, Dean Howes at the San Diego Legion press conference stated that they were going to have 10 domestic teams, right? Yes. I I confirmed
2: that, so it's right.
1: Who who are the – we've got one confirmed. Who are the two that look the most likely right now?
2: Dallas. Dallas. Dallas keeps saying that they're going to join in year two. Like they make it very public that they want to join in year two. So when they say that they want ten, and since only one is actually confirmed and paid in, I guess the assumption is that Dallas and maybe Chicago have intentions to join, but we have to wait and see. You know when they actually pay it up and and fully commit and get players and everything.
4: Okay, I'm I'm going full James Kennedy conspiracy here. He made mention of. Boston, Philly, and D.C. in multiple interviews.
1: Oh, so he's mentioned D.C. so many times. Yeah. And I'm like – Could could they be the, the super secret backdoor
4: channel?
2: <laughs> come out of nowhere? It will be announced at the CRCs. Someone will come hey, out of the middle of the field and just
4: – Talent <laughs> energy. Hey, Will yes. Chang drops from USA and picks up an MLR team.
2: San Francisco, <laughs> not happening.
1: <laughs> you hey, just a thought. Case in point: so he was business partners. He was part of the per- previous sanctioning agreement before he got on the board. That was in place before dub's sanctioning agreement. So he he decided to leave, and you know, I don't. No thanks.
0: Yeah. All right. So there you go. Thanks, Cardiff.
1: Uh, last question of the night.
0: This one, uh, I have to check this out. So, milk steak connoisseur. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new one. Welcome. Well, we're happy to have you.
1: Uh, yes. Go pick your team. What is a milk steak? It's, it's, it's uh, literally
2: steak covered milk. No, not it Didn't ground beef? It's boiled with a side of jelly beans. <laughs> it's a. Um, Charlie oh, Kelly from it's always Southern oh, oh, Philadelphia. Um, uh, that's he's a bad boy.
1: There's a Wiki How ten steps ten. <laughs> wow, oh. why just, did I ask?
4: Just Google it if you really want to know. <laughs> it's yeah, in. on
0: YouTube. It's a great show. <laughs> so the question is: hypothetically, could Glendale compete? with clubs from a tier one nation nation or
4: club or nation or
0: curve a nation clubs from a tier one nation so i think they're thinking uh like pro four maybe low end
1: maybe london irish
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i think we still get smashed.
1: i would say um definitely the top uh the top third of the championship, I would say compete it like compete. Well, um, I, they'd probably get the, they'd probably get thrashed by Bristol.
2: Yeah. Um, I think outside of there, I don't expect them to be able to really hold their own against any of the top leagues. And by top leagues, I mean, uh, premiership top 14, super rugby, uh, pro 14, Even the Italian teams, which people like to make fun of, or even Southern Kings, the the former future Doug Schoeninger project. um, Mm, I don't see that as as possible. Um, There were some people who said NRC, which is the Australian League. I think that's possible because that's a a newer league. And I think the level of play is going to be relatively similar in some aspects to MLR. I only watched like one or two games of it, so I can't really say too much on that. I
1: would say the Mitre 10 is – it would be – so it's split into two levels, right? The miter 10 is. Um save so like premiership versus champion. I don't know. It's split into two levels. I think they'd easily compete in the second level. Uh, the top level, uh, especially amongst the top teams, it would be tough because the way they have their schedule and the way they have their contracts is you have a lot of you know, super rugby players playing down on minor ten teams like Malachi Fekitoa, who is an All Black, who just left to go play with Toulon, is you know he his contract was All Blacks, uh, was it Blues and the the minor ten team? I'm like, that's not how my brain works. If he's on the super rugby team, he's not going to play for the minor league team. It's like yeah. and that's probably because of the way our sporting system works is our minor leagues are concurrent with the main league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
2: it's completely different there too. It's it's the clubs I guess I'm trying to find the best way to explain it but it's like the super rugby is like the I guess like the all stars I guess out of all the uh
1: provincial unions, yeah. Yeah, the provincial mm-hmm.
2: unions and the clubs that's and right. everything. And clubs are obviously very important whereas in the U.S., we don't see it that way since we professionalized very early, so it's a lot different.
3: And plus, guys, when it comes to North American sports, keep in mind that in New Zealand, the the, the point is getting the national team to the top. So yeah. all blacks is everything. So you want to push everyone from the bottom up. Or else well, it's a little different.
1: New Zealand's the size of Kentucky when it comes to population size, so...
3: Yeah, five million, I think.
1: So I get it. I, I get it. But the point is, for me, is like commercialism. I mean, more, that's not the topic, but commercialism. Like, you should want your pro teams, every single one of them, selling out every week, period, so that you can make money and pay the players rather than have 5,000 people go to a 30,000-seater, right? So, <laughs>
2: well, that's, that's our American mindset, I guess. Yeah, but again,
3: at the end of the day, you want the the national team to be the the, the top the top thing.
1: At the, the end of the day, I want team. the Eagles to be the top thing.
3: Well, but that's but exactly that's I want. but not not to the team
1: point team. not to the point to that it take
3: away from the professional
1: yeah, teams. Not to the point that it takes away from professional teams. That's what yeah.
2: I'm this, this, this is this is a really detailed discussion and debate that I've had many times with people who are from. Uh, tier one nations who view it much differently. And mm-hmm. I That's guess right. it's, it might be because I come more from the, the U S and everything's professional and there's less. So the national team focus, except for I guess soccer, but I hate the sport. Um, but I also view that if it's a very successful professional league financially, and therefore you're able to attract a lot of good players playing against the best players that will ultimately help the national team too. So I guess it's sort of like a, it's own little cycle um but like I said that's I, I don't want to get too far into these deep discussions so,
1: so yeah I, I think uh we could compete like the I think Glendale could compete with the top of the um the NRC the RFU championship and d 2 Pro 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 uh, Excellenza, everything I've read about Excellenza I think they would they
2: could probably win Excellenza. I think what heard from them That's is fun. that, um, I forget who it was, but basically like players like Cam Dolan, Ryan Maddias would basically be some of the best players in Excellenza. So it's, mm-hmm. like, I think we, this is what we learned after Basam Wuching signing, that it's really not the best place to go to, I guess as a longer culture. But yeah.
3: I mean guys when you see the Excellenza teams losing to the the Superliga teams from Romania, I mean and mind you Italy has been going at it way longer than Romania. And and they still lose against them.
4: I th- I think we we decided this was more of a it is a rugby thing, but it's more of a personal thing for him too.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah that's true. So, All
0: right. Well, I think that's about it. Yeah.
2: Actually, Victor. Um, Before even going into that, something that's interesting to look into, um, nothing definitively came down yet, but the whole Europe saga um, with Romania and Spain looks like it's coming to a conclusion, I think, this week. Um, Some people have speculated, and the speculation, according to Spanish media, which is totally unbiased, is that Romania will not be in the World Cup. So that's a that's an they, they,
1: they will they did the the speculation did state that uh play, at least two players would face long sanctions so. yeah sanctions okay. from the
2: Spanish team for the referee issue and also that the referee will not ref ref any games at that level anymore well, I think
4: they already came out and said that uh, so. yeah I not
2: think okay. that's, that's the only speculation part that, that they actually
3: not, not officially but but yeah that that has been mentioned so. So the two, by the way, the two yeah. players, real quick. Um, uh, uh, Bali and um, Bastian Fuchs. Uh, both good. Bali I think will be probably the the player that will miss the most. Fuchs, I think it can. It can be, those report.
1: weren't those weren't the players. Those were the el- the eligibility issue. Those weren't the players that touched the rough. Oh, yeah, forget. Oh, I'm sorry.
3: Yeah, those, were the,
1: those were the those the eligibility guys.
3: Oh, okay, okay. I'm oh. sorry. I thought it was, was them.
2: Which apparently no. they were possibly eligible. So that's why it's really confusing. And I'm mm-hmm. sorry for bringing this yeah. up two seconds before the show ended. But the past two weeks, we brought this up. So I felt it was very interesting a... no, no, so, no. yeah. to mention Keep an eye out. Um, America's Rugby News posted a lot about this. So check them out. And,
3: yeah, thank you for them, by the way. Oh, yeah, they,
2: they they wrote some very detailed um, articles about this. That's the word I'm looking for. Oh, yeah. So definitely give them a look.
3: Anything else, guys, before we go? I nope. just wanted.
0: Uh, my closing thought for the night is just uh, that this is episode thirty, and uh, I, I can't believe we made it. Great job, guys! We're more than half away, half a year through this thing, and a few weeks away from MLR. So, good job!
2: Yay! Good. All right. Okay. So, I'll this is as happy as I am, I guess.
3: So I guess I'll take you guys home. So guys, first of all, thank you all for joining us. Again, as you heard, episode 30 of the Earful of Dirt uh, MLR podcast. Again, it's a little more, guys, a couple of more months until we get to our one-year anniversary. I'm getting ahead of myself because I think August, but still. So uh, guys, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. And again, thank you for the 100 subscribers. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that for 100 subscribers. But it's a really big deal, okay? Let's be honest with each other. So be sure to subscribe. Um, again, Earful of Dirt Podcast is the name. Make um, sure to like us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Earful of Dirt on all three platforms. Of course, make sure to uh, subscribe to us or follow us, I should say, on iTunes, Google Play, uh, ACAS, Stitcher, Empire FM. Again, Earful of Dirt. On top of that, make sure to call us on our voicemail uh, number so you can leave a voicemail. The number is 1 720 600 2679. Once again, 1 720 600 2679. Oh, by the way, these live streams are put, uh, start at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific time. Of course, make sure to join us uh, next time, which will be next week. So, with all that, everyone, my name is Victor. Once again, That was Josh, Aaron, Corey, and Daniel. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you and have a great day. Connect with Earful of Dirt anytime.
0: We're on Facebook and Twitter as Earful of Dirt. You can email us at earfulofdirt at gmail.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 720-600-2679. Until next time, for Aaron, Dan, and Victor, I'm Corey. Thanks for joining us.